0: Everybody, we're back. This is now part four. I have got a real fake internet scientist with me here,
1: Mr. Hurt. I'm as real fake as it gets.
0: I know. Yeah. I like it. I mean, I know I, <laughs> earlier in the day I spoke to lab coat Ron. He's obviously a legitimate
1: scientist uh, he, because he wears a lab coat. Yeah, he is official. Uh, I've never met a scientist so diligent and uh, respectful to the game of science as him.
0: And with his number of pens he has in his top pocket, <laughs> yeah. seals the deal. You know,
1: one for each letter
0: exactly exactly so mr hurt yes sir um let's go back not quite far back as nads because obviously that's like back to the time before the dinosaurs yeah seriously so but tell us how did you get into this whole car game
1: cars man cars so how i got in the cars is basically i was in high school and my best friend at the time um his name was lewis he had, his family, he was Puerto Rican, so his family obviously were, if you're into cars and you're Puerto Rican, chances are you like RX-7s and mm-hmm. rotary engines, and even A86s and, and just those iconic cars. Yeah. And um, so he he was always watching Initial D and things like that, and I don't necessarily attribute me getting into cars to Initial D or Japan or anything like that, so mm-hmm. basically he was in the cars... His uncles and cousins were in the cars. I got my first car, which was a Honda Accord, and we would just go to car meets and stuff like that together. So, yeah. my first car was a 1994 Honda Accord Ooh. EX with VTEC. Yeah, Fancy. no, it's pretty serious. Um, and we were just, you know, we were just dumb kids and and wanted to make our cars fast and wanted to drive fast, so we just did whatever we could. Mm-hmm. So, um, I remember his his uh, cousin um, Andy. He's like, he helped me put a cold air intake on it, but it was basically just some ducting from Home Depot. Yeah, that you just put it in there. Because yeah. that makes all the difference. Yeah, that is. Know, yeah. that's yeah. Like, makes, makes all the difference. That's Formula One technology right there that you're bringing to the street. And no one's thought of that before. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, oh, yeah. And it was like a two-inch pipe. Yeah, And whether it made it faster or not, in your head it was faster. Oh, I did. Yeah, you it know. It made so, all the difference. So, you know, I, we, I did all the – natural first car ricer things you could do and and so you know lewis he had a corolla a86 for a while mm-hmm. um but that didn't last long you know because we're kids we don't have money you know and so and then he eventually got his hands on a turbo 2 fcr x7 but it had an na motor in it okay um but it was black It just looked like the night rider or something along those lines it was a beautiful car and we would just cruise in it and, and have fun and things like that so being friends with him and being friends with his cousin, like, helped me kind of find the love for speed and things like that. These are the people that I went to see Fast and the Furious one with. You oh, know? okay. Yeah, back, so. back way back. Before they
0: had spinoffs that looked like it was a superhero yeah, movie no, with Idris the, Elberin.
1: The first Fast and the Furious movie that spoke to us. you know, So we all drove our cars to the movie theaters. I remember... Mm-hmm. You were ready for Race Wars? Uh, yeah, I remember parking in the garage and seeing just a crazy amount of cars. Uh-huh. And just people from all over who want to support something that's supporting what they do. Yeah. Know, that kind of thing. But just to also put it in a perspective for you... Um, Andy's dad, uh, he built rotary engines and cars and things like that. And I remember one day, went to their house and he pulls this car out of the garage that I'd never seen run. It was just there. It was like a, uh, it was either, I think it was like a KE Corolla, Mm -hmm. you know, one of those little, little things. And uh, I can't remember if it was that or a Starlet. I just, all I remember is it was bananas. uh, Was it 70s or 80s? I I honestly couldn't. Was it more
0: rounded or? boxy. It thing. was
1: very boxy. Well that be the 80s. Yeah, so um so he pulls it out of the garage, sounds crazy, probably crazy Bridgeport. Um takes it down to the cul-de-sac, turns around, stops and just goes da bow and just lifts it up on two wheels. And I was like, "Holy shit. He just did a wheelie." <laughs> In a, in a car in a cul-de-sac not on a drag strip or anything like that and i never asked him any questions about it it was just like one of those things where you saw it happen and you're like oh my goodness and then you just went about your day I don't know. like i i can't believe i didn't dive deeper into that
0: cause yeah you just like no it just that just happens it's a yeah, tuesday it's yeah, like a tuesday and, at three yeah it, it's and, not like
1: a normal thing you would figure that was a moment where i'd fall in love with rotary engines you know i'd mm-hmm. go check it out but i didn't even go look at it i was just mm-hmm. like holy shit that was crazy all right guys you want to go get some food let's <laughs> play video games okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah um but you know I, I i owe a lot to those guys because they kind of taught me the the ways you know take this off put this on that's how that's how working on cars works you mm-hmm. know so um over time you know spent a lot of time with them and um i got into an accident with that accord um hanging out with them might it wasn't it was like a car meet thing. We're driving home from a car meet. I'm from Florida. It was raining. I had bald tires. I'm an idiot. So you know, uh, accidents happen. Occasionally. Exactly.
0: Exactly. That uh, that dog like darted out in the road. Yeah, yeah. And
1: then well, you I, had to swerve so, to miss it, and so then something I always have told myself is my passenger. Uh, I because the the way that the car the way i feel like he pulled a handbrake like I'm just, <laughs> I'm just just like a random Maid, yeah you're know, saying just, you had a ghost in your car i might have i might have you know some it just was crazy i i there's no explaining how it happened but it happened and that's the beginning of my destruction I see. Uh, <laughs> and my path to being the destruction daddy if you will um so i got an accident with that car which led me into a civic hatchback mm-hmm. uh eg6 um Single cam, nothing special. But I like as I was getting into the cars. That's one of the cars that I wanted, you know. So I got that car. Same, same thing. Except for going to Home Depot, I went to eBay. You know, cold air intake, header, exhaust, two bigger wheels for it. Seventeen inch, of course. Wheels cuts.
0: Odds of performance, right yeah. there. <laughs> Improving <laughs> there,
1: faster. Yeah, yeah you know, uh, cut the springs a little bit, and this is all you know, help for my my friends. Um, so, uh, the Civic Hatchback was my next thing, and just wanting to make it faster, and but this time. I, I didn't crash that car. Someone crashed into me. I got rear-ended in that car. Uh, yeah, because so, they
0: obviously had the issue with the ghost pulled the handbrake. Yeah, or, the or tires. The car, you
1: know, or my cut springs and big wheels looked so good that they just had to. The, yeah, they look. they weren't paying good enough attention and crashed into me. That yeah, makes that's, sense. That's what I tell myself. Yeah. You know, um, I understand. But I I, I was actually uh, I was helping my girlfriend at the time. She had gotten to an accident. It was another rainy night. Um, lost control around a turn, and hit a parked car, which I think probably had wrecked the night before or something. Mm-hmm. And so she hit a wrecked or car. Or jumped
0: out at her, maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah, something like that. And so um, so I'm there uh, picking her up. We're waiting for the police to come. I'm parked way off of where their, their accident happened, and someone else did the same thing she did <laughs> into me. Like, it's just... <laughs> Yeah, you know, just, destiny. My, just my luck. Yeah, yeah. should have so, bought a lottery ticket, straight oh, after. Right? Yeah. I know. Um, so it completely ruffled the back of the car. My seat broke, slammed me like backwards. In, and I attribute a majority of my old man back pain mm-hmm. to that night. Um, but that led me to basically, if that didn't happen, I don't know if I'd even make it to this point because once I got the insurance check for that accident, the day that I got it, my friend Lewis, um, we were driving he was driving me home and uh there was an RX seven at a used car dealership and I was like, "Pull, go in there. I need this car <laughs> and it was basically the exact amount of the check that I had. It was destiny. Yeah, and it was way too much for the car. Like I shouldn't have paid that much. I think I paid like five or six grand for a NAFC uh, painted white, you know, it, it, it was beautiful though. So. And it doesn't
0: have the, obviously, the FC tax they have on them these days.
1: Right, no, no, no. Um, I feel like a clean running car like that. It was a GTU, sunroof, power windows, uh, the good brakes, uh, S5 tail lights, aero mirrors, you know, aluminum hood. It, it, it was a fully bone stock, beautiful car. And um, that was the beginning of the end for me. I got that car... Um, I didn't even really, like, you would think I understood what drifting was or anything just by seeing a little bit of Initial D or things like that. But when you watch, when I watched Initial D at the time, it wasn't something where you watch it and you go, oh, I can go do that. It's just, you know, I I didn't understand driving ability and things like that. We obviously used to drive fast in a straight line, you Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Um, But I didn't think, oh, you pop a clutch and you can do this yourself. And uh, I got the RX-7 and... I was making a U-turn one day, and just, you know, let it scoot a little bit, and I, I can't explain the feeling that I had then, I was like, holy shit, that was insane, and then I did it again, and again, I would literally just turn around just to do U-turns, mm-hmm. just to pop the clutch on a U-turn, and and slowly started learning, okay, this car is doing things that I like, mm-hmm. and I like, uh, now I understand why he loved this car, and blah, 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 and then as so it's still a pretty stock rx7 you know i think it had like kyb shocks and and track springs on it and i didn't do anything else to it it just you know the car worked well as is um but i happened to meet i happened to meet some guys at an rx7 dyno day and like this is the next chapter like uh you know uh high school friends they like i still love those guys Uh, you still facebook friends Mm -hmm. things like that you know but you you, things just drift apart and grow apart especially it's life right you go different directions yeah Yeah. so so i started meeting you know i I met some new people um at an rx7 uh day and the guy's name was chris actually chris all super nice guy um always had a smile was always always there to just make his friends laugh you know Mm -hmm. um so he i met him there and we hit it off a little bit and he was like, Hey, you should come to this spot that me and my friends go to. And then I'm like, all right, cool. I'm down. And that's when I started feeling very fast and furious, you know, like come to our secret spot and try out our, yeah. uh, Late at night. Yeah. Yeah. Try out this thing we do. So they called it the sand lot Mm -hmm. and it was this abandoned uh, or development area. And because they were always working on the building, it was just like, covered in a light glaze of sand. So they called it the sand line. Which
0: is helpful for maybe sliding a car around. Exactly.
1: And it made it really easy. Um and they had a nice little course set up, but so I get there, I meet them, they're all cool, they're all super nice, uh super inviting and welcoming and and these guys ended up becoming a, a strong core in my uh growth and all of this and I still have connection with most of them. Um this was 2006, mm-hmm. I think. 2006 is where we are now. Yeah. Um, so I'm at the sand lot, and they're like, all right, man, before you can do any of this stuff that we're doing over here, here's a cone. You do donuts around this all night while we do this stuff, and until we see that you're good enough, then we'll let you go. We'll, so you don't we'll, hurt, yeah. Any, so your pride, yeah, first. yeah. My pride or their cars or, or anyone any, else, yeah, yeah, for that matter. So or any of the surroundings, yeah. And so you know, I, I look back at that and I'm like, man, that's crazy. That's literally just like movie stuff. It's like a movie, you know. It's just and very responsible at the same time. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know. Uh, we didn't put anyone in danger we were in a secluded area we and we always did it that way it wasn't this thing now where there are a lot of kids who do street drifting now and they like make it a huge spectacle and want everyone to see it and it's like that's not what it's about it's about doing what you love safely but without spending any money cuz you don't have any mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so we're doing that and it just leveled up from there they taught me they taught me how to clutch kick um, one of the guys from this crew is kevin lawrence who's actually a professional drifter on uh, formula d right now with uh, he drives for Njuku racing and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh that whole crew of friends are from from 2006 to i don't know man 2010 2011 maybe even 2012 that's probably like where this friendship like grew to and then i eventually moved to california from there but um So I I went through some history with the RX-7 with them. I blew the motor up eventually because I found out that, oh, if you get the exhaust hot enough and you rev it up really high, you shoot big flames. Mm -hmm. And and the water seals and things like that don't like that. No, who would have thought? (laughs) I, you know, then I had no mechanical sympathy. And still, I kind of don't have mechanical sympathy, but... I have fail safes, so <laughs> fail safes. That's have, handy. Yeah, well, fail. Someone else has to worry about it for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not as expensive. Yeah, mix. exactly. So, um, so I, you know, I didn't know much about the rotary engine. I just knew uh, the motor revved really high, sounded really good, and uh, did everything that I wanted to do and it shot fire. So I was like, yeah, I fucking love this car. Count me in. Yeah. So I blew the water seals or something like that. Found this guy who um, who's a rotary builder. Uh, his name, his shop name was Fuego, Fuego Racing, and he was known as Fuego. Uh, it's fire right there. Yeah, fire, literally. Um, so I brought him my car, uh, and you know, I, he took it apart and he was like, "Yeah, this is wrong." Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, here are your options, you know. And he basically said, "Don't waste your time rebuilding this and staying naturally aspirated. Let's get a turbo." Motor and, and street ported and I was like hell yeah you're right we should get a turbo motor and street ported and then I was like oh I don't have any money <laughs> and so I never had a credit card before or anything like that and American Express happened to send me this thing where they're like hey yeah just sign this and you're pre-approved and blah 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 and I did it they sent me a I, my first credit card ever American Express one of the clear uh nice boys and uh swiped that thing <laughs> Swiped that thing right off, maxed it out. One swipe, got a a Turbo 2 motor from Japan, street ported, um, installed in my car. And
0: and then you're still paying it. Then you had to pay off uh, American Express, right? Oh,
1: man. I don't even want to talk about that part. I went down a dark road for a little bit. Yeah, these things happen. Yeah. But, but at
0: least, yeah, you, at least you got the motor and it's yeah, installed. That's the so important shout thing. Shout out to
1: American Express. There for, was some en fuego happening, some flames. There was definitely some fuego with my credit. and uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The, that tunnel was lit by your exhaust, you could say that, that dark tunnel. So, uh, yeah, so I got myself, you know, after a year of owning the car and having fun with those guys and getting to know them and learning a little bit about drifting, um, I got a turbo motor in the car. And it was it was crazy, like I, you know, I'm my car before that Civic, car before that Honda Accord. I didn't know anything about horsepower, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember distinctively getting used to the car. You had to break it in. I did good. I think I did good on the breaking it in, and and then oh, you it, did
0: okay, probably
1: in the braking part <laughs> at some point. <laughs> and and so you know, you start pushing the limits on your new power and feeling out the car. And I remember one time I was. Uh, it was Oak Ridge Road. I used to drive back and forth. That's where Lewis lived. And, mm-hmm. and so, I, you know, I was still hanging out with them from time to time. And obviously I obviously had to show them that car. And I used to bowl a lot uh, when I was younger. So that's where I would go to hit the bowling alley. And my mom worked around there. So I remember I was driving down my normal road. And I was having some fun with somebody, you know, second gear, change lanes. And I hit third like mid lane change and I didn't understand weight transfer mm-hmm. inertia clutch kicks popping the like I still didn't really understand that with horsepower so I did that and the car just full lock just in the middle of the road and I'm like oh my god what have I got myself into and luckily I saved it like and that's when I learned okay I have horsepower now I have real power even though it
0: And primary. it got a bit sweaty down below the belt
1: <laughs> Yeah definitely definitely uh yeah, puckered. Yep, Pucker moment. For and it sure. was a bit hot afterwards, um, and you're like, Whew, dude, and was, then you wipe the moisture from oh, your brow. Man, I was I was in love. I was like, yes, this is this is insane. Like, maybe not on the road. No, no, no. Yes, it was. It was. I didn't expect that to happen. Though. No, but this thing, <laughs> is like, this is great. Yeah. But
0: let's probably not do it when I'm off to go bowling. Yeah, and it sh- might upset my game. <laughs> I'm looking
1: for turkeys and not this way. Exactly. And and shortly after that, I went to my first track day at Orlando mm. Speed World. Um, because, like, I, I enjoy drifting. They showed me the ropes. We still had a secret spot that that we kept super low-key under wraps. Um, and I have a few videos from that. that yeah,
0: I was going to say, isn't there some footage of you drifting your first event that I've seen? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. there There is uh, some footage of that. But I'm talking about, like, the secret spot. Oh. There's, some, there's some footage of that with this car. Okay. And, and I go back and watch it just for the feels, you know, mm-hmm. every now and then. Um, but, uh yeah, after, like, getting to a point where, okay, I need to learn more, you know, and you can only learn so much in a certain spot safely. Yeah. So I didn't want to crash this car. Um, so I took it to the track. Orlando Speed World, all they had at the time is the Oval. They have a lot now. Mm-hmm. They have a huge skid pad and have a lot of events. And I took it on the Oval, and I learned a lot of things. Everyone was telling me, you need coilovers and this and that, and I'm just a stubborn kid, and I was like, I clutch kick this thing all the time and it does everything I need it to do, so...
0: And I'm still working on my credit card payments from <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. So, yeah. so unless I ca- you want to help with exactly, that... Exactly, exactly. We will
1: talk about that at a different time. Exactly. So I was like, coilovers are 1000 bucks. My suspension works fine, yeah. you know? So I, um, I didn't understand the mechanics of vehicles. I just understood smash, you mm-hmm. know? So I'm at Orlando Speed World doing some drifting, and, you know, I, it was manageable for sure. It was a lot of fun, Um exploded my radiator first day out because it was just a stock radiator mm-hmm. um and i don't think i ever looked at my temperature gauge on that car ever what's it so it just stays <laughs> like that yeah, yeah, it doesn't somewhere move somewhere in the middle yeah it's know. fine and if it steams out you put more in whatever. yeah it's okay um well I mean, it
0: always disappears right eventually yeah i'm
1: lucky i didn't blow the motor that day because if it literally got so hot the top of the radiator exploded <laughs> you know it was a plastic case oh it, it I exploded it's crazy uh, that's just, your first fail safe, right? That's yeah. That was my first fail safe. Um Shortly after that, you know, upgraded the radiator and things like that. And like the RX seven just became it became my baby at that point. You know, I I went through the trials and tribulations in a went turbo, loved it, and then I eventually crashed that car, <laughs> being stupid. Mm-hmm. It's like I got super comfortable in it. Um driving faster than i should have been somewhere and i lifted around like a big sweeper i just lifted you know because i was like oh i probably shouldn't be doing this and lifting is probably the worst thing you can do with no yeah. suspension and yeah and so i learned that the hard way i mm-hmm. never made that mistake again after this you know i lifted the car rotated i hit a tree and i was like well that was a huge mistake um, i have a picture somewhere of that too I like, uh, of me standing next to my car with a tree basically into it and um that thankfully was, you were okay yeah no uh i i'm super lucky man i did a lot of dumb stuff um that and and that's also why i encourage people to like build your car properly mm-hmm. even though it doesn't look like i do that <laughs> build your car properly and drive it in <laughs> safe places because it's not a game you really can't hurt yourself um so i'm I'm very lucky to still be here despite the the few things that i've experienced um so i I ended that car's life after, um, it had a nice, fun life, Mm -hmm. um, and I I wonder, you know, everything happens for a reason, but I always wonder, like, what if I didn't mess that car up that day? Would I have stayed rotary for X amount of time, and, you know, but, so that kicked me out of the rotary RX-7 game for a while. Um, What did I do after that? I actually, no, I lied, I got another RX-7 after that a 10th anniversary mm-hmm. of Turbo Two RX-7. I didn't even know the history of those cars then, but I, was, I traded something for it and uh, just swapped all my stuff into it and kept the party going. But then I eventually blew the motor because I didn't invest in fuel. I didn't invest in ECU or mm-hmm. any of that stuff. Same thing with the coilovers, you know? I was like, yeah. ah, it works fine. I don't need any of that. Um,
0: Until you have your first, like, big bang... And then you realize, ah. You do need that Maybe if I had them, if I'd spent $1,000, it wouldn't cost me $1,500
1: to fix it. Uh, Fake internet scientist. Mm -hmm. Okay. There you go. (laughs) See? So, yeah. I went through the phases. Had some fun. Blew up my rotary engine. I think I cracked the housing. Mm -hmm. And uh, ended up trading that car for a 240. And, that's when I really started honing in my driving Uh, the car I got coilovers for it I put nice lightweight wheels on it and some decent tires slammed it to the ground had a great running NAKA in it and I would just drive it to the track drive all day drive it home so that was probably like the best time for me to learn the actual driving part not fighting the car Mm -hmm. it does what you tell it to do and and everything like that um and uh that's also when i learned like drifting is everything to me um no matter uh you know i I, i'm not going to complain about my life growing up but or anything like that but despite anything that was happening that that was either depressing or whatever uh drifting just brought me to like brought the real yeah happy me out Mm -hmm. and and kept me out it was a good feeling yeah Yeah. definitely positive yeah super positive and even to this day um we did some drifting yesterday at Irwindale and mm-hmm. shark cart and stuff. And I still get that same exact feeling. Cause I haven't driven in a while and I needed that, you know, I've been in, you know, you, just, you got a lot of stuff going on. It's winter. So a, sometimes you get in a funk. Yeah. Adult the thing, yeah. adulting. thing. Uh-huh. Um, and I, we did some drifting and it was crazy. I was like, wow, this feeling is not changed in over 10 years. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that, you know, it's everything. I need it. I love it. Um, so I got in the 240, and that was fun. Um, I didn't ever modify that car past that point. So it was literally just a a, a driver car, you know, have fun yeah, in it. Yeah, the reliable truck engine. Mm-hmm. In. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> KA, man, or something else. Um, I'm trying to remember if I – because I eventually built an S13, like turbo and stuff, but it, it wasn't that one. I got rid of that car – So at this point, I'm working at uh, – so I'm it up a little bit. So while I was in my RX-7, I was valet parking cars. So I used to work at the Hard Rock Hotel Mm -hmm. um, at Universal Studios. And so I was valet (laughs) parking cars for a living. Great money is – I was going to
0: ask. So Ron said that there is a test on the tips in regards tips versus toots and wheel spins. So if they tip less, they get more toots and more wheel spins. Is that sort of true?
1: Um, I mean, everyone has their own etiquette. For me, it was like, is this car cool or not? <laughs> so I, I, I didn't, like, thrash cars or anything no, like I'm that. No, I'm not saying
0: you thrashed them. Yeah. Maybe, hopefully, you didn't toot as much. Yeah. Maybe that's just so you say, think about it.
1: Ron used to fart in people's cars? That's what
0: he said. He admitted it. He loved wow. it. It was his favorite thing to do. Wow. You, didn't, you didn't tip him well. Uh, uh, you fart in his car. And I think he, someone else I know, another listener of the podcast, uh, a young man called Drift Idiot, Oh yeah, he's famed for tooting in people's cars wow. in the Arizona area.
1: I feel like that's that's just, something you didn't do. It's like one of the most disrespectful things.
0: Well, just, I'm just, just
1: saying that's just tooting in someone's car and then closing the door. Uh, yeah, but you know, you're not getting them. You're not getting the driver. You're getting the next valet. The next valet has to deal with your tooth. Well,
0: I guess it depends how long it sits in there for. <laughs> I mean, it's, obviously cars are generally not always sealed as well.
1: Oh, man. I can't say that I was a tutor. I, I wasn't a that. I I don't remember having like a – You didn't eat the I chili cheese
0: fries a, and then go, let's just the, go valet some well, cars.
1: Yeah, definitely not trying to eat chili cheese fries and then run up and down a lot all day. <laughs> um,
0: anyway, so you were valet cars. So I was
1: valet in cars. Um, it was a you know fun job for the time, but mm-hmm. – eventually i i'm very I, I wasn't feeling motivated there you know i wasn't feeling like i was doing anything and i was really in love with cars at this point mm-hmm. so like all i was thinking about was cars and, and that part of the job was fun getting to experience a bunch of different cars and
0: but running up and down the levels not so much of
1: that wasn't even the problem is dealing with these people who are supposed to be above you who uh, you know who work less than you that oh, kind yeah. of thing yeah, you yeah, know yeah, so understand. yeah yeah and yeah, I don't even want to get into that part of it, but um, no, we'll say that for another much more <laughs> different podcast. Uh, We're more focused on
0: toots on this podcast. That's the way <laughs> I put it. Toots is where it's at. Yeah,
1: we can talk about toots. Um, so, so yeah, <laughs> I ended up leaving that job. I didn't have to leave it. It was good money and stuff. I just wasn't happy with mm-hmm. with the, the situation and the people. So, uh, I started pushing towards the automotive industry um So I, I found this company. I don't even, you know, I met them through Orlando Speed World. Uh, they had a this guy named AJ. He had a 350Z with a, a single turbo on it, and this mm-hmm. is still like 0607, you know, pretty early yeah. to have that car with a monster yeah. turbo on it and stuff. And uh, it ripped, you know, it absolutely ripped. And he let me drive it, and like that was a a, a real taste of power. You know, I never felt anything on that level definitely the fastest car that i drove at the time mm-hmm. and um we went to one of our secret spots and he let me drive it again there and i got a harsh reality that uh locking up the brakes was bad and i ended up taking out his radiator on a curb just like like i'm telling you like uh, it was so embarrassing <laughs> but we had a great day like we were shredding all day and then that happened that happened and then he had to be that guy yeah so uh, he was the radio. Oh, yeah Broke yeah i know it was it was seriously it was Ah, so stupid, man! You're bringing back stuff I haven't thought about in so long. I'm sorry,
0: I'm bringing tears to your
1: eyes now, but it's it's the it's what the people demand. Yeah, I know it. It's it, well, I'm just thinking. It's like, man, everyone thinks I'm an idiot, and now I'm thinking about. it. I was like, oh shit, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Not all the time. We all have our moments. <laughs> so so AJ, let me drive his car. We had fun. I I like it. It was it wasn't even like I plowed it into the curb and jumped it. I stopped just uh, like inch, two, two inches yeah just yeah. you know right into it mm-hmm. um he had all the spare parts fixed at the the same or next day and uh, uh i ended up actually working for those guys at their shop you know um just as like a part sales guy so mm-hmm. I, was, I was at the shop on the forums trying to sell you know product um answering phones and things like that and uh all they did was build was uh 350c's and g's uh, G35's shop was called Performance Factory. Um, and I went from there to BC Racing. Mm-hmm. And that's probably about when I had the S13. Um, and then from BC Racing, I went to Njuku Racing. And um, between BC Racing and Njuku Racing, I had got myself into an S14, mm-hmm. uh, which had an SR20, uh, which I, I, yeah, SR20 swap. So I, I bought it from one of the guys at performance factory he was like i'm letting go of the project so i put all my chips together and got it from him and that car was super cool but it was another one of those situations no coilovers so stock suspension Mm -hmm. um i had a body kit on it i spray painted it a bunch of different colors uh but it had a great running sr20 in it so i drifted the shit out of it you know as is you can there's some like i'm talking about body roll like Mm -hmm looking into the sky full tilt <laughs> um that car was super fun and and i'm sad i didn't get further with it uh but there was some like events started becoming you know more real and they were doing uh competitions and things like that and i, I forget what the it's like florida drift circuit or something i don't know but i remember uh my friend sam he let me borrow some coil overs for it so i could compete mm-hmm. and and try to you know see if I just wanted to see what I was made of. Yep. And uh, so I grew up drifting at Orlando Speed World, but I never drifted the bank, you know. Didn't have anything high power or anything like that. Um, And this car, you could do the bank with this setup, but I didn't know anything about drift setup. I didn't know anything about tire pressures. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about anything. Yep. I don't even know if I ever had an alignment on the car, so
0: what's an alignment really
1: yeah i just love driving yeah. I, I didn't do any research on driving i just love driving yeah so and and just based on what i was able to do i understood that i can't i have potential here um but i didn't know what it took and i didn't talk to anyone about what it takes to go to the next level you didn't level.
0: want that you were giving everyone else a fair shot. you didn't <laughs> want that competitive edge yeah you know you wanted to go into this and be like look i want a fair playing field <laughs>
1: so um So I'm in this S-14. My friend Sam let me borrow coilovers. I uh, get it on the bank of OSW and as hard as I can throw it. And I'm like going around the bank. And I don't understand the physics of banks, whether they suck you up or pull you down and blah, blah, blah. But I ended up freaking out, hitting the brakes, and then just panic-braked straight into the wall. Just like full panic-brake. And I was like, oh, that's That's not ideal. Not ideal at all oh man i'm an idiot Uh, this is a terrible podcast i don't like the show (laughs) (laughs) it gets better it gets better in the end it gets better because right now i'm just i'm just throwing myself under the bus (laughs) and i don't even know why you're not even asking questions i'm just diving in
0: (laughs) i'm just look i'm just giving you the book that's all i'll say
1: so so but that was also a huge moment uh about like drifting also it's like i just crashed my car um and some guys that they, they went under the name hot car also like Pat Gooden, uh, Tom Barnhart, Scott Niener, uh, Andrew Kublin. And so I just crashed my car, pulled it off into the pits. And like, those guys were like, Oh yeah, we've got parts. and, And they, they just came together, fixed my wrecked thing. And like, yeah, keep drifting. And I never conquered the bank. I didn't crash again, but I could do everything else fine. So like I would try the bank, I would bail out before I did anything too stupid and then finish the rest of the so course.
0: So there was like mutual admiration between you and the bank. Right. Yeah, it was yeah. like I'm not going to hit you. Yeah. You're not going to hit Don't me. Don't look at
1: me, I won't look at you. And we'll, you were good. Yeah. And that was a that was a huge day cuz it was like, man, drifting just bit me in the ass and then on the other side of drifting, it made me a bunch of new good friends, mm-hmm. uh, like, showed me that this is, everyone's all in it together, you know? Yeah. We're all just a bunch of broke kids trying yeah. to have fun. Mm-hmm. So, crash the crap out of that thing. They helped me fix it. And I just drifted that car for from uh, probably a year, you know? Um, I only kept the coilovers on there for another event. I had to give them back to my friend Sam. But, uh, I love that car, man. And this is, like, me living on my own, trying to find myself, trying to chase drifting, you know. At this point in my life, 2007, 8, I'm thinking I want to become a professional drifter, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like all the people around me are in the same mindset. It's just like, yeah, let's – I'm going to be a race car driver. I love driving cars so much. It's all I cared about doing. I didn't care about anything else, nothing else. There was – you know but I didn't exactly have the money to live that kind of life so um so here I am chasing, drifting, thinking I want to become a professional, and I'm working at Njuku racing. I end up selling yes, I end up selling the s fourteen to um, to one of our it's actually someone who works at Mackin. They sell, like, raised wheels and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I sold him my car because we had an account with them. And I sold him my car through, you know, I was like, hey, I got this car for sale. He's like, all right, I'll buy it. It sounds good. And mm-hmm. I think he still has it. It's all done up really nice um, and sick. But uh,
0: and he will let you borrow it again?
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, so, <laughs> Not if you listen to this podcast, so, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so at Orlando Speed World, there was this time I was uh, – I was a good enough driver to where people would, you know, people like me and, mm-hmm. and, and be like, yeah, you can drive my car. And then there were a couple of incidents that happened to where that stopped. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, and this is just me doing dumb stuff. You know, I was really hard on cars. I, I, I Like I was telling you before that caveman instinct kicks in yeah. and they just smash, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, but I never really had the tools in my cars, you know, so. And that's where this my current RX7 comes to play because like I I love the way that I'm driving these days, and I love the way that car feels. Uh, and drifting still gives me that that freeing that just frees my soul or whatever. But um, so I sell that S14, uh, and I sold it because I got a speeding ticket and uh, points. And licensing things. I think my license got suspended for three months mm-hmm. or something. From from 16 to whatever age I'm at at this point, I had somewhere around double-digit tickets for sure. Okay. I had like 30 tickets. All Not right. all speeding, obviously, because you'd be in jail. Mm-hmm. Probably had 10 exhaust tickets, you know, just – but – I stayed friendly with the police. And by, I pro-
0: by these tickets, you mean it would be an exhaust ticket where I just write and say, Your exhaust, like you, is awesome. <laughs> yeah, and they'd just give it to you. Yeah. you would be like, High five. And thank you, you. Yeah, thank you, officer. Honestly,
1: from 16 to twenty twenty one or whatever, 22, I don't know, I'd probably been pulled over at least 100 times. But I was so smooth and suave and handsome, mm-hmm. that I only got 30 to 40 tickets. That so it's a pretty good turnaround rate, yeah. you know. Um, but, yeah, I couldn't keep playing those games.
0: Because uh, it gets expensive. Yeah. And,
1: and, and you know, being an adult, not living with your parents, uh, not having a real job, mm-hmm and losing your license is a really big hit. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to lay heavy on your friends and hope that, yeah. And hope they can can, drop me off. Yeah, man. it, it, It was a real, I've never got my license suspended again after that. Like, that's something I will never allow to happen. And I don't suggest any of you let that happen to you because being an adult with a suspended license is just not ideal. No, not ideal at all. So, um, so yeah, my license got suspended. I wasn't in a good place. I had just started working at Njuku Racing and Njuku Racing wasn't, you know, necessarily in a good place too, because they've been around since the nineties and at this point, which was two thousand and nine or ten or something, mm-hmm. um, they are recovering from, you know, some serious financial issues and rebuilding their company. Yeah. So I, I'm basically back on the ground floor with Njuku Racing. Um I'm in a bad place. I didn't they didn't even say, Hey, you have a job here? They let me come in a uh for they're like, yeah, you can come and help one day a week with this stuff and I just showed up every day. I would just show up every day and help and help and help and then and it eventually like led into a, a decent position. Um but I had to get rid of that car, you know, for the money. Um and I think I got back into another S thirteen two forty, which I then built uh slowly but surely with you know, as I worked with the company and started doing better and things like that. Mm -hmm. And and I built a string Mm -hmm. of cars from there. Um, I had that 240. I built a GS300, a first gen, uh, which I put an eBay turbo kit on, put a W58 transmission, five speed. Mm -hmm. That was honestly, I had that car for two months. Uh, Brake line, my brake line mount, which was a zip tie, melted and, and the brake line fell on the downpipe and started a small fire. And I had to like... Bomb my car into the Walgreens parking lot, run inside, yell at the cashier to give me the fire extinguisher. He's like, I got to call my manager to ask him. I jump over the counter, grab it myself, jump outside, lift the hood up, put the fire out. And luckily, it wasn't that bad. But it left such a bad taste in my mouth that I sold the car, you know, and the guy fixed it the next day. How did uh, Walgreens, the manager, take it off the I, I don't even remember, man. I blew the fire thing out took it back in there didn't even look at the guy i was like i can't believe you're just gonna let my car burn down like i'm telling you there's a fire outside Mm that but um yeah so
0: we're getting oh something's i think it's a race car starting up right now everyone's getting a look behind the inner workings of the uh the Hoonigan podcast yeah, series here. It didn't that, even woke
1: Kiwi up. That's just Bad Daddy Braddy testing out his remote supercharger. He doesn't... Brad doesn't let anything warm up. And, and you know, I guess I'm not really one to make fun of that because when I was V8 Turbo... You did the same to, thing? I, yeah. It's a junkyard motor. Who cares, you know? But he always does it at the worst times.
0: <laughs> well, it is funny because uh, Bad Daddy Braddy and Kiwi did not get
1: along. Yeah, you know... It, that just makes sense. Brad's a nice guy, but <laughs> he'll put anyone on edge <laughs> with with the quickness. Um, so, yeah, my GS300, that car was... I loved it. It was super clean. It was a 98, mm-hmm. rare two-tone, white on silver with the red and clear, uh, red and white taillights. Super rare car. Um, and so I sold that. I actually... I actually traded it for an FD RX-7. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and, but that's not what I wanted at the time. Mm-hmm. And Little would you know. Little would I know. And it was a roller. Uh, it had you know all the stuff thrown in it, but it was all taken it apart. It was a roller, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do it Flintstone style, and you're good to go. Yeah, so it was a clean title, no accident RX-7, FD RX-7 chassis, and I traded them for it. And then I sold that immediately for like five grand Mm -hmm. for a roller. It's like, but right now, yeah,
0: right now with the uh, drift tax and everything else, the vintage car tax.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but honestly, I wouldn't have had the money to even begin to build that car then. You know, Mm -hmm. so I I took it as a, I sold that immediately to one of my customers again. (laughs) I like (laughs) uh, this. Yeah, use my Rolodex. Mm I sold that car to a customer, shipped it out to Texas. He rebuilt the car and made it sick, um, with my help, of course, because mm-hmm. I sold the car yeah, parts. Yeah, uh, that was the, most of the work is <laughs> done just there, right? Um, so, what I ended <laughs> I up also do-
0: like that. We're slowly getting poisoned here in this while we're recording.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Are you able to-
0: no, it's yeah, not. I, need. I, I, I say we die a uh, slow death. Ride yeah, together,
1: ride together, die together. Yeah. Um, so, I sold it for an FD, got some money out of it, um, finally get, you know, that, at that point I had my license back, and uh, I got a police interceptor for a daily driver. Ooh. Yeah, really cheap, too, for my friends, uh, Team Rowdy in Atlanta, Alex. He, It was his daily, he was done with it, he's got a lot of cool cars, and mm-hmm. uh, I think I paid... I don't know, it was like 1500 bucks or something like that. It was super it's clean. It's a bung.
0: I think of all the experiences that have happened in that car.
1: Yeah, a lot, a lot of good and bad, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and it was one of the best dailies. I, anyone looking for a nice daily driver, I highly suggest a P71 police interceptor. Because no matter whether you're on the highway or the road, everyone will get out of your way. Nobody wants to even risk that you're actually a cop.
0: I'm, I might suggest that you might want to do a good detail on it first.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this one was an undercover one. Oh. Uh, so it was it was clean. You know. Was, I'd still suggest just in case. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in case you don't know what you're gonna get or what you're gonna what find. what surprises you might find. Let, let someone else find the yeah. No. Oof. Oof. It was a clean one. Luckily, I, I never got the like any chills or mm-hmm. fe- ill feelings or find anything nasty. So. Um. But yeah, they're great daily drivers. They run good. They're fast, and uh, people get out of your way, which, which is handy. Is, yeah. No traffic. Yeah. yeah um so i had that car for a while and pocketed the rest of the money just to get my life together a little bit um and then uh and then i got back into an rx7 i not not so simply actually um i i broke the diff in the police interceptor, I like doing burnouts. I got you know, I got, I have issues. You do good burnouts. Let's be <laughs> thank honest. Thank you. Thank you. And when,
0: when I get chance, I want you to teach me, teach me the ways. <laughs> yeah, we could.
1: No, we should do a live stream, a uh, Twitch live stream, showing James how to do burnouts. That'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I would just, you know, I was a dickhead. I just, so I, I broke a shim or something in mm-hmm. the diff. So, I, you know, you'd be cru- you'd be cruising on the highway, and then randomly the diff would just go do <laughs> You know, just randomly, and the whole car would shift. shake. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Oh man, I don't know how long it's gonna last." And it but lasted.
0: Oh, like, just keep going, just in case. Yeah, it lasted this long. It's it surely it, it last longer. I
1: drove it a couple months like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, uh 'cause because I had already, you know, used all that other money for things like American Express. Yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I was like, "Oh well, I'm just driving until it ends itself." And uh, I, uh, I had a friend post up. So damn, I, I feel like I skipped a huge. Uh, Chunk. So, so the friend that I got this RX-7 from was a friend, uh, a car meet friend, mm-hmm. essentially. So, um, after after the the OSW RX-7 days, I found myself uh, interacting with another crowd where that was centralized to where I lived. So, the guy that I moved in with, um, he had a Supra, so I would go to car meets with him. And then I met my next best friend, Trevor, who had a 400-horsepower STI, and we would just, you know, mob the streets and mm-hmm. go to car meets and just get into a lot of trouble. But I was just a hangout guy. I didn't have a fast car, you know, so.
0: You were the hype uh, man, is that what you yeah, said? Yeah,
1: basically. And, you know, uh, I, was a, I was a pretty good drag racer, so sometimes I would... You know, step into the reins and and you know do do my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but
0: Would you, uh, well, uh, I have to think Brad Daddy Raddy's for all the drag racing tip, I think that's who I've got to talk to, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, he he's definitely all drag racing. Um, but uh, the this guy Zach, he you know became a part of our little friendship circle. He was from we're in Florida, and he was from South Carolina or something like that. Came down to go to UTI or something, and he had a or 500 horsepower uh, V8 RX-7. Mm-hmm. So, he had had that car for years in our friendship circle. He let me drive it a couple times, did some sweet donuts in it, and I'm like, oh my god, I love this car. You know, this is an RX-7, but with all the power in the world. And, um, as you age again, you separate, you go do different things, and just Facebook friends. So, years later, he's posting it for sale on, on uh, Facebook, you mm-hmm. know, he's like, yeah, the car's just been sitting under a tree collecting dust. Uh, It was blown up. Uh, he had a Z06. He moved on from it. No need And I was like, I need that. And he was like, well, I kind of like your police interceptor. And I was like, well, let's trade. And he was like, hell yeah, let's trade. So I got a V8 RX7, blown up, but full swap kit, mm-hmm. T56 transmission, mm-hmm. drive shafts. Um, full mount kit full interior bone stock beautiful car like the paint was nice everything it was a beautiful bone stock car for a car that i paid fifteen hundred dollars for so i then took that blown up motor out or whatever was left of it went to the junkyard got a five three for five hundred bucks mm-hmm. delivered mm-hmm. lkq delivered it right to the door at and juke racing Swap that to, see, people make fun of me now because I don't like working on cars really. Um, but I did it so long for so many years, you know, and working on shitty 240s and, and things like that. It's just – at a certain point, I mean, not everyone feels the same way, but I'm, I love driving. I don't love building.
0: Look, you know? from a very early age, I learned that I was very happy to go – as I spoke to with Ron earlier, I'm happy to go give someone money. <laughs> yeah. Lay down on the ground in a cold workplace. Exactly. Get dirty. Exactly. Get uh, do whatever they need to do, and then I'll just come pick it up later on at the end of the day. Exactly, and I'm happy doing that.
1: And if you have the means to do it, why and not? you do it? Why not? You know, so because I've done it, I know what I'm going to get into. I know what it's going to feel like, and I still work on cars from time to time. You know, when I don't want to pay someone to do something, but uh, I'm happy to if if there's someone who loves doing it, if someone's experienced in that area, mm-hmm.
0: I'll happily pay them to. Yeah,
1: do that. Sh- shout out to my man John Vargas. There you go. Uh, <laughs> but so at this point, you know. <laughs> paying people wasn't an option so mm-hmm. so i'm like all right let's do this <laughs> crank it up. yeah pull the motor out pull put the new one in i got everything i needed the head or, or the sorry the intake manifold and the right injectors and all the the water pump all the little things you have to do to convert um a truck motor to an ls got it in the car um and got it running and uh I was so happy to be back into an RX-7. But I took this one a lot more seriously, you know. I got <laughs> coilovers. Mm-hmm. I got wheels. I got a uh, body kit for it. You know, I, I wanted to build an actual drift car. I didn't want to just slap together some junk. Um, which, I guess I just slapped together some junk and made it look good, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's a different story altogether, together, right? That's- <laughs> um, so, yeah. I'm at Injuga Racing. Sold that thing. Got that thing. Put a five three in it, got it running, and I think I drove it for a year with the fuel lines backwards. <laughs> so, so it was a V eight, but it felt like it made two hundred horsepower, mm-hmm. and I just thought, oh, that's just what these feel it's, like. It's a junkyard, yeah. Load. yeah so, that's yeah, just what these it's just feel like. To, had a hard life, mm-hmm. and uh, so.
0: And that's sometimes what happens, maybe, when you work in your cars yourself. Yeah, yeah, you, you do
1: dumb stuff, and you know, no one's there to tell you uh, that's backwards or this or that. The car runs, even yeah. with backwards fuel lines.
0: It the runs. The car ran. Yeah. I
1: smashed on it daily. Uh, it's, that's the beauty of junkyard V8s, mm-hmm. is even though it was probably lean as hell, it took it, you know? And eventually, uh, I forget what happened um, to where I had to pull the motor out and got some help from friends obviously you know they i didn't want to do it <laughs> so pulled it out i was like oh yeah this is backwards and they swapped it swapped it around and i swear the car picked up 100 horsepower <laughs> and i was like holy shit this is really what it's supposed to feel like and that was like a whole nother level of awesome from there man um and i i fell in love with v8s mm-hmm. at that moment you know i didn't i didn't know that i loved v eight or that I would ever love V8s but it wasn't even an option to put a rotary in the car, I was like I bought this car with a V eight swap kit, bought a $500 V8, put it in there with the cam and everything that was in the old setup and it ran like a monster um, I would drive that car to events, pump gas no issues, it looked good, it was slammed um, and I never looked back so I smashed that thing in a V8 for quite some time Um, and now we're into like 2011, 2012, uh, 2013 is when I moved to California. Um, so, so probably middle of 2012 is when I figured out the field lines were backwards. Mm -hmm. Um, drove the shit out of the car for, you know, as much as I could everywhere. I didn't street drift and stuff at that point. I just, you know, we had a cool track, CFRC, um, and Orlando, Orlando Sweet World every now and then, but, uh, it was my daily too, like, uh, it was my daily for a good portion, but I eventually, uh, got a big boy car, mm-hmm. cause, you know, I'm doing well at Injuka Racing, the company's growing, yep. it's thriving, you know, I'm doing my part on Be sales, so. yeah, so I, I got myself a nice IS250, um, you know, like my first big boy daily reliable mm-hmm. car um so i would but i it's florida you can drive uh, a thousand horsepower cage around and it's you know totally fine. yeah it's totally, it's totally fine. Fine. fine so I, I would you know i would take my rx7 out all the time go get sandwiches and food or whatever i i miss that part of florida so much as the being able to just take your car out and not sweat mm-hmm. you know um so twenty end of twenty twelve rolls around, and I'm at that point at Enju racing. I love everyone there um i uh, I love what we built together and but I'm in a different mindset uh you know i wanna make videos i wanna do you know i wanna do just i just love media you uh-huh. know, so I wanna cover drifting and make cool videos about drifting, which I was doing, so even while I in juga racing. I helped uh, my good friend Pat Gooden, who's also a pro drifter now. Um, you know, he was going through Pro-Am and stuff, so I would go. I, I kind of set him up with Njuku Racing. I'm like, yo, this guy's he's climbing the ladder. Let me follow him, make videos. And, you know, so we, I traveled with him, documented a lot of his journey, made cool videos. And, and, and I would go to places like Club Loose and uh, English Town mm-hmm. on my own dime and just just because I loved it, you know, go make yeah. videos, go make videos with those guys, Ryan Turk and and Chris Forsberg, and and you know, I I feel like I owe them a lot for allowing me into their circle and and making you know cool drift videos. Mm-hmm. They were all cool dudes. It was, it was a great place to be. I, I miss Town. I wish I could. I wish it was closer. And it was know. a little bit warmer. Yeah, yeah, it definitely gets cold. Um, but you know, I spent a lot of my own time and money. Um, yeah, let me I'll kick it even back. My first professional drift event was Formula D 2007. Mm-hmm. Um and I wasn't with Njuku at the time. That was somewhere in the mix of like having the RX7 and stuff. Um but I was friends with Njuku racing and you know, I went with them to those events. Um but I remember I remember meeting Drift Alliance at that event and like Did you have
0: media for that event then or not?
1: No. Um I think i i think i was just enjoying the john p hadn't given you the, the yeah. approval yet. <laughs> uh, john p man um john p i don't think john p used to like me we're friends now but um i was just you know you, you just try to blag your way in and it doesn't always work uh but i'm there just enjoying drifting you know i i come from american drifting i mm-hmm. didn't i didn't grow up um necessarily idolizing the Japanese lifestyle even though you know I, I I loved the cars I'd watch the videos and stuff but uh, I didn't get to see it you know watching it on video versus seeing it is a whole different, different thing yeah. yeah you know so I, I'm more of a visually stimulated uh, like real life um, mm-hmm. so you know I my cars my friends cars and then eventually getting into Formula D and seeing these cars and these people and like kind of you know I'm help guide you know my career and then eventually building a va car it just felt normal mm-hmm. you know it didn't feel like i was going against the grain or anything and obviously as that car got more popular on the internet and the backlash from the jdm lords uh came but i was like i don't know what you guys are mad at me for I'm oh, just having lived my best life. Yeah, my car is low. I got big wheels. It, you know, fits the demo. It's got a V8 in it. I think it sounds pretty good. It gets the job done. It makes and, me smile. Yeah, you know, so I fought the good fight to kind of put V8s in a good limelight. Like, it doesn't matter what motor swap you you do, just drive the shit out of your car and make mm-hmm. it look good. So, um, so I, you know, I came from American drifting, but I also loved, as an RX 7 guy, you know, you you see Haraguchi and, um, the sexy nights guys and, and things like that. And you got to, you know, you got to love it. So I kind of blended those, you know, American V eight mm-hmm. stylish RX seven, you know? Um, so I fell in love with making videos around the time that I sold the S 14 because of the suspended license mm-hmm. and I couldn't drift cars myself, but I wanted to support the culture. So I, I started just making videos of the local events and things like that, which led to me, like I was saying about Pat Gooden, chasing uh, uh, a Formula Drift license with him, and documenting that, and just making videos for Njuku, and on a personal level, just going to Club Loose, East Coast Bash, hanging out with those cool guys, the pro guys in their grassroots level uh, cars, and just smashing and having fun during the Missile Crisis, and so I was fully in love with making videos of Drifting, since I couldn't be fully involved with it and 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 that's kind of when you know how in the beginning I was telling you I wanted to be a pro mm-hmm. uh, around this that time is like I don't want to be a pro it costs too much money I can't afford this kind of lifestyle but I do love drifting and I do want to support it and I do want to drive also so I kind of gave up on the pro dream and decided let me work right now and you know work as hard as I can help who I can help drifting, American drifting, however I can, and help in juke racing, and eventually my time will come and I'll I'll be able to drive again. So I focused on making money and focused on my craft. And, you know, because I did that, uh, my backlog of videos, uh, my little brand that I created, Beard Life, um, all those things led to me being noticed by Brian Scotto and Hoonigan because they were about to start this brand and they needed someone uh, in tune with the community who was doing what I was doing, so mm-hmm. who who was avid on social media, who had a good personality, who could make good videos, uh, or, you know, good and is obviously opinionated, but uh, I like my videos, they like my videos. We have a very raw style, um, but I fit what they were looking for, and it's like, so because of everything that I did, for passion and and the love of it, it led me into this position. So as I was saying, I was getting into the point of Njuka Racing where it was like, I wanted to make videos, and they weren't necessarily going that same direction, you know. And I met Scotto, obviously, through going to these Club Loose events and, and hanging out with um, all these guys because they were in tune with, with, you know, the uprise of Hoonigan mm-hmm. also. Excuse me. Um, and, uh, you know, I met Scotto. We hit it off. I actually don't remember the first time I met him. It was a party at, I think, Chris Forsberg's house. He had just won the championship or something. We were all drunk.
0: And, drunk on life, obviously. Yes, yes, else, yes. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Very and drunk. And it was on just, life. it was a long night. And so yeah. you were
1: tired. I was tired. We ate too many tacos. There you go. See, it happens. um But I don't remember meeting them. But apparently I left a great impression. Great impression. Yeah. <laughs> so. That happens, and, you know, a little later comes down the line, he invites me to the SEMA launch party mm-hmm. at the, I think it was the end of 2012, or maybe, maybe it, it was, was 2011, me. I don't remember. Um, it was probably 2011, actually, yeah. Um, and, you know, we had a great time there. We got kicked out of a...
0: You were very responsible, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> yes. We were so responsible that we were responsibly removed from a facility for being too responsible, uh, and uh,
0: which always happens in Vegas. Yeah,
1: you know, being responsible is not so cool, you know. Um, which, but but my level of responsibility, I guess, gravitated Scott towards me, mm-hmm. and he just you know he said, "This is the guy that this, I could see being responsible yes, with. I can trust this guy to be very responsible and representing this brand, mm-hmm. and." So I think that was kind of like one of the big moments and I continued making videos uh you know on my own and on my own uh personal time and dime like no one ever paid for any of my stuff I borrowed a camera I never owned a camera there's something I don't tell a lot of people <laughs> Scott knows this though I've never owned a camera ever like I've never bought one I just Luckily, had good friends who had equipment they didn't use. And so. At
0: least it's only my wife and mom and dad that listen to this podcast, <laughs> so, it's, so it's those three that's going to find out about this. So it's all good.
1: Yeah, no, it's okay. I'm well beyond that point now. Um, uh, but yeah, so um, I continued making videos, and like I think that at that point, like after that that last year, that's when my videos, in my opinion, were the best they could be. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of honed in my. My style and my craft.
0: That's like, I guess, uh, Brad holding in his style and his craft outside. Yeah,
1: let her eat, Brad. Let her eat. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I left my good impression. (laughs) He does this all the time.
0: I like it. (laughs) I feel like I'm really part of the club now. He
1: likes to make sure America resonates through the building at all times. Yeah. (laughs) So... Um, uh, so I continued making videos. I I left my impression on Scotto and and Hoonigan, and like this. So, that party that SEMA stint was the launch of the brand. So, 2011 Mm -hmm. was the beginning. So, come a full year later, um, at some point, Scotto hit me up on Facebook and uh, we're just talking, you know. And he's like, When are you gonna move to California? and I was like, when are you going to give me a job? And he was like, you want a job? I was like, yeah, I want a job. And I was like, boom. It didn't happen that quick. Like six months after he offered me the job, I finally got the job. Um, but I packed all my shit into my IS-250. Uh, literally, I mean, like the last thing I put were Crocs yeah. on, uh, in, in the trunk and closed it. And I didn't think twice, man. I was 26 years old at the time. I... I was doing well at Njuku. I was very secure. I didn't need to go anywhere. I wasn't unhappy. Mm-hmm. But I, I wanted to do more media-oriented car stuff. You sure.
0: Know? And Southern California is not a bad
1: place to <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah. You know, I'd never been or yeah, – I'd been, but um, – You hadn't been. Right. Um, it, it never – you know, I don't know. I don't even f- – You wanted to go to your very own race wars. I don't even – That's f- what it was, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I needed to experience it myself. I, I, I didn't even – I wouldn't even consider myself an adult at that point. Like, I was doing well. I was on my own. I was making money and stuff. But I didn't think about real-life stuff. No. All I thought about was drifting. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about buying a house. Because, you know, I look back now. I went I went home the other day, uh, a couple weekends ago. And, you know, I'm an adult. So I got on Zillow. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. What did I do? Why do I live in California? Why am uh-huh. I not here paying nothing for everything? Uh and paying the California tax, obviously, <laughs> right? I uh, had a minor adult freak out there. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Holy crap! This is crazy." Cost of living here versus there, but um, uh, man, I lost my train of thought. There. Well, we
0: just—you you mean you got the sunshine tax, obviously, that we're <laughs> sitting under
1: right now. <laughs> uh, the humidity is no joke. Yeah, Florida humidity is absolutely no joke, man. Um, but yeah, I, I had, I had no reason to leave, but this was just an opportunity. That it didn't make sense to pass up, you know. This I I loved brand building. Mm-hmm. You know, I was doing that on my own. I loved making videos. Um, I loved uh, the idea of being able to grow social media and like I don't know. I just the I've just been intrigued by it. So this was everything that I wanted, just across the country. Mm-hmm. So I packed everything up into my is two fifty. I you know I didn't take anything like a bed or anything. I just packed up and. And came over here. And then I met... Um, prior to this, I met Will Rogi from Keep Drifting Fun. Mm-hmm. Just from traveling to the same drift events Lovely as Lovely gentleman. Yeah, no, yeah. And then
0: a great photographer,
1: a great videographer. Yeah, he's amazing. He's absolutely... And he's very good at climbing. He's good at everything, man. Let me... And snowboarding. So, I've lived with Will from 2013 till, to date. hmm And I've seen this man pick up hobbies, become amazing at them, and then just move on to the next like there's it nothing. It's like, oh, I want to do this. Then does the research, learns how to do it, and then does it. Will is, like, one of the most inspiring, lovely, pure, honest, happy, true human beings I've ever met. And I don't think I would have survived in California without him. Like, without a doubt. If I didn't have his support and and guidance, I would not have survived here. So, I I... Oh, a lot to will and i took him out it's his birthday today oh. i got him a little breakfast burrito i don't oh. know if that pays for everything that he's given me but it's close yeah. <laughs> i think it's almost there it's like 94.2 percent of the way there yeah so um
0: maybe another 420 burritos and you'd be yeah there. I mean, ooh, good number
1: That's right. <laughs> um so yeah i i you know he he helped me um uh, because he you know he's did it already? He did what I was doing, you know, with Rice Boy TV and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, he's he very awesome friend to have around and to still have around. Um, so I moved here in 2013 for Hoonigan, and uh, it's been it's been quite the ride, man. It's been quite the ride. I don't know if I covered everything.
0: Well, no. Tell us what have you had the chance to work on when you got to Hoonigan then?
1: Um, so when I got to Hoonigan, we were. There was four people, including myself, like Mm -hmm. four people total. Um, At that point, it was basically just building the brand, building the name, building the presence. Like, the internet was everything. Facebook was everything. And you weren't here at the Donut Guy, right? No, 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 no. When I started, we were in a small office. Um, One of the investors... Uh, they had a, you know, it was a big company and they gave us a small portion of their office. Um, so we were just, it was a nice office. Mm-hmm. It was a nice building. Mm-hmm. We definitely didn't fit into that building or belong there. Okay, Yeah. Uh, it was one of those things where you get in the elevator and they're looking at you like, what the, f- wh- wh- why are you in here? Mm-hmm. You know? So, so yeah, we, we were there for, I think the first year of, of, of me, uh, the, the first year of Hoonigan, I'm pretty sure was just in Scotto's garage, with two other people or maybe even one other person and then they got into that building and that's about when i i came along mm-hmm. and so basically my duties were um building the brand presence so everything you saw on instagram everything you saw on facebook um all the words all the pictures were all my voice and my my you know my vision for what is cool and automotive you know Um, Obviously there was guidance from Brian And and things like that Like initially I would just have to feed him stuff And Mm -hmm. get approval And then it got to the point where he's like Alright you're good enough Uh, I don't need to babysit you uh, You know for all this time So um, basically essentially it was uh, Building our social media audience And presence on the internet Along with uh, You know I I, So right before I left Florida I'd sent my RX-7 off for paint mm-hmm. so new arrow big wing fresh wheels and i as it's getting painted i'm moving across the country and uh luckily i bought a trailer from in racing uh that they were getting rid of and just stuffed my car in that and then i paid someone to just bring the trailer and the car over and uh so my car is back my car makes it a couple months after me first thing i do is take it down the 405 you know just scraping my my life away um but you know that car was a big part of me and so with me coming to hoonigan my car became ingrained into hoonigan's dna also Mm -hmm. and and so initially we were just in a nice little office space with no car area or anything so we obviously (laughs) kept it pretty light um but shortly after we moved into the donut shop Mm-hmm. Which was in downtown LA, which is um, a lovely area, right? Yeah, it only—it's got lots of character. Uh, yeah, lots of responsible people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of responsible people. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was a cool space. I—I'll I, never not say that like, it was a cool space. I loved that space actually. The—it was just embodied freedom, man. We could, we could pull our cars out at any point and rip the fattest burnout mm-hmm. that we wanted to at any point in the day, any point. And, and no cops. The cops didn't come over there, so they didn't give a shit. Um, but wasn't it that you – didn't you guys,
0: like, back onto a
1: factory or something?
0: what do you mean like uh behind the donut shop where you had like a there was a, wasn't there like a workplace oh yeah. smoke could go into or something yeah. like that well
1: that happened if your burnout was big enough okay yes but <laughs> but that's only when you do the burnouts like mid uh, yeah it happened <laughs> once but, or twice man, yeah maybe. It, it happened um pat gooden the same guy that i was telling mm-hmm. you about like he became a pro and he you know, so so with So we celebrated. Yeah, yeah. So with me, you know, uh helping him then and then getting into Hoonigan, I obviously was like, Hey, I know a guy, he's be a great brand ambassador. Let's bring him in too. Yep. And, and he came He's very she, responsible. Yes, he's so responsible. And uh he came down and laid I think one of the first um guest burnouts and one of the fattest burnouts uh ever at the donut shop. And yeah. All of his smoke went into the building behind us and the, uh, all the workers had to go home. <laughs> they, they all left. They, the owner of the place came over and was like, yo hey, guys, you, <laughs> you just shut down our business for the day. And they, you know, they weren't even that mad about it, but it was just like, just, you know, kind of like, yeah, just in the future, think about it. Yeah. Just think about it, you know? So Pat, I think he did a third or fourth year burnout. He only has four gears. Mm-hmm. So super high wheel speed, you know? Um, but it, that place was just super liberating, man. Like coming, going from that office that was super corporate. You couldn't listen to music, in. you know you can. the The most, the craziest stuff we did there was um, RC car drifting and using their really nice glass sliding door as a wall ride. I'm pretty sure we left a scratch all the way down, you know, like <laughs> all the way down the bottom of it. But you know, moving, going from there to the donor shop was just awesome, man that's when we really could be ourselves and mm-hmm. really embody the brand or what we wanted the brand to, to be, you know. I was like, um, and I had control of the social media, so I was like, hey, someone hold this camera. I'm going to go rip a fat old burnout and put it on the internet, you know. <laughs> not a bad not a bad life. Yeah, and then we would just do things, invite friends over, have burnout parties, and just make cool content about cool cars. Um, and, you know, I, I, I look back now and I wish... <laughs> we were on the forefront of youtube then because mm-hmm. like if we're the stuff we're doing now we did there years before we started doing it here mm-hmm. so it's like we would have been way ahead of the curve if if we it was in our thought process to do that but um youtube was more of a a special place you know like the Jim and the big videos that's kind of what we yeah. we played it as then um but uh the donor Shop was a special place. We shared that space with 1552. Um, awesome guys. Love those dudes. And I don't know. We spent two years there. We did a lot of things. Did a lot of Formula D livery wraps. Had a Formula D parties. Um, our own personal parties. Ken Block signings. Meet and greets. Uh, the, the filled it up with all of Scotto's cars. I... I turboed my V8 in that building, Um, so basically, you you know, like I said, my car came shortly after. It was super fun. I took it the Horse Thief Mile, um, which is an amazing, you know, like Mm -hmm. coming from Florida flat, flat Florida. Yeah, the elevation change is incredible. And And it's a
0: lot quicker than when you're driving and yeah. then you see yeah and, and it feels a lot quicker when oh, you're yeah. a pa- when you're driving or a passenger the like fe- real real quick
1: the feeling of that track like in the early it drops d- off yeah yeah it's so cool it was so cool it was super invigorating but on top of that all of your heroes are in california mm-hmm. you know so i'm i'm here with my rx7 i'm feeling like Pretty good about the way it looks, the way it feels,
0: and then Justin Uh, drove past you or something like
1: that. uh, Well, yeah, I mean, it's it wasn't even like that. You know, it was more like, "Holy shit, I am about to drift with Justin Pollock!" Like, so Justin Pollock, full circle, oh seven, Nopi Nationals, Atlanta, Georgia. I'm there with Njuku Racing. You know, just hanging out with Mm -hmm. them, not working for them officially or anything. helping with video stuff like so this, this is around the time where i started and so justin Pollock is there and he's smashing just dominating the original green rx7 rotary powered beautiful car beautiful driving and a field of awesome cars kenji yamanaka and the hand s14 and uh, just uh, like you know just that's that was my second favorite car there uh, behind Justin's but Justin dominated that day he made it all the way I think to the finals and then like a fuse blue and and like I have this iconic image imprinted in my head of Justin on top of his car like face in his hand face palming on one knee just super sad that it's ending this way while his friends pushed his cars back into the pit. Like it was just some, you know, I always loved this car. I always loved, you know, what he brought to the RX seven game. And, uh, here I am seven years later, six or seven years later, arguably, I think you could say we were friends. (laughs) So, so this guy that I idolize is now my friend and he doesn't hate me for having a V8 in it. So that's cool. Um, but, uh, I got to drive with him at Horse Thief Mile All Star Bash 2013, I think, and it was just. I was there. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was crazy. It was mm-hmm. like crazy for me. And he, like he, I don't think I.
0: Up- that, that was was that when Larry Chen went out on track as well? Or was that later?
1: Larry was there. Yeah, yeah. So Larry, when Larry was there oh, yeah, with I have, the I have bang, chase bang. footage. Yes, that's uh, yeah. the
0: one. The event I was doing first event at Willow Springs was that one. It was yeah, very that was your event. first yeah. Willow Springs event. Yeah, yeah it was, it was a, a good one to be
1: at. Yeah. So you know, I'm there. Justin Pollock is chasing me down, and like up to that point in my drifting, quote unquote, career, mm-hmm. uh, I'd never driven that good. I was like this guy's behind me, I'm gonna do everything I can to stunt, you know, I'm gonna you know, let him know daddy's here, and, uh, that was the best driving I'd ever done, and obviously, he kept it on my door the whole time, it was a, you know, <laughs> it was a 300 horsepower V8 RX-7 versus a 450 horsepower rotary RX-7, and it was just so beautiful hearing that thing just r- roaring in my window, um, and those are videos that I'll cherish forever, you know, that's, like, a big part of my, my history, um, and that's just, you know, something I owe to Hoonigan too, for seeing something in me and bringing me out here, you know? Um, and that's something I, just in general, whether it's a someone who supports any of my projects or anything, I, I, I don't take any of it lightly because I am just a dude who loved cars, who, you know, wasn't necessarily doing anything special, but just expressing my passion and, and love for cars. So for anyone to see anything and what I'm doing and, and, See potential and see more and help in any way. I, uh, like I, I hold that very dear to my heart, you know. Um,
0: yes, I was going to ask. How, so you are obviously a uh, a phenom on the old interwebs. Me? Yeah, I'd say so. You're very popular. Oh. You are the uh, the. How does it? Has it be, ever been strange when people have come up to introduce themselves or talk to you at any point? I mean, I, that's why I hide behind the podcasting thing, so no one yeah, could see me. And then no one—it's yeah, only my and yeah. dad, and my wife, so they can talk to me. I'm like anytime.
1: So uh, people ask me that sometimes, and the odd thing about it is, so back home, you know, I was—I had my RX-7. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, I like—I thought it was cool. I had my brand beard life. I was making videos, so mm-hmm. I, I already was kind of like a little face in that in that scene. In that community, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, at Drift events all the time, uh, people would always, uh, every now and then, ask, you know, oh, hey, are you such and such? Can I have a picture? And things like that. And it's just something that I kind of got used to, so it, it it always just felt natural with the progression of everything that's also come so it, but it, it went from instead of just being at a drift event to being at Walgreens or, or something like that, you know. Uh, for example, um, the love of my life, my lady, she—I uh, was out with her and her friends at a bar, being responsible, and um, some guy comes up, and she hadn't had an experience that I'm just meeting her friends for the first time, so obviously they don't know anything about me. And this guy comes up, just freaking out, and I was like. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> freaking out, just freaking out, and I'm, you know, and he wants to buy me a shot or something just to continue the responsible spree. Of course, and
0: uh, a shot of water, obviously, yeah, or a shot of tonic. Yeah, tonic. Tonic apple, juice, apple, apple juice. juice. Apple juice. I like apple juice. juice. um Not the apple cider vinegar. No,
1: no, no. Straight up apple juice. Right. Mots or something. no, not mots. Uh, I'm blanking on the name, but it's that really Martinelli's. Oh, yeah, sparkling. Yeah, oh, yeah, the, yeah, finest. yeah, yeah. the finest. The <laughs> finest. So um, I'm denying him because I'm like, no, hey, no, no, no,
0: no, no, And he's no, just, it's not me. He, it's not me. Yeah, yeah. You're thinking of the other guy. <laughs>
1: and he's just pushing so hard, so I eventually say yes, and then he comes back with just one drink, and I'm like, and he hands it to me, and then he pulls his phone out and he's like, starts recording a video. And I was like, "What are you doing?" And they're all just looking at it. Just so, oh, man. So, so long- you
0: sip the you sip the shot with your apple juice with the pinky up, pinky up always, and just took like what thirty four seconds to do it, and that was the the video. Yeah,
1: like- I mean, it was. It's like those interactions are the ones that that give me a feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. But. Other than that, most people are nice and respectful and it it doesn't happen a ton. I'm not saying I'm, you know, I'm not Ken Block or anything like that, but it happens and I've I've never been, I appreciate everyone who supports what I do, Mm -hmm. you know, what we do. So, there's never been a time where I've been like you're weird, go away. Oh you know? no, I'd never yeah. would never think that's from
0: me. <laughs> I mean from some of the other people here maybe like Nad, but not <laughs> you <laughs> Nad is a jerk. Um nah. But no, but then on the flip side obviously is I mean your car is would say is rather famous. I mean, for it to be in a video game. Yeah I, I mean, mean that's but, a, a, to someone to say that your car is in a video game. Yeah. I mean that's pretty out there and pretty amazing. Dude,
1: I, I can't even express, like, this car has come so far with me. Uh huh. When I came here from California, I did a video with Will Rogie mm-hmm. and uh, the Stance Works crew. Harlem Shake was super popular at yep. the time. Remember everyone I was doing yep. Harlem Shake? So we were like, hey, let's go do a Harlem Shake video because, you that's know, you why not? And, uh, and my car wasn't necessarily super popular yet. You know, it was popular locally and, like, you and know, people, for the yeah. people. Yeah, you know, but but that video ended up getting, like, a 750,000 views or something like that in 2013, shortly after I moved here. Fresh paint, the colors fire. Skylar Smith and Will Rogie shot the beauties. The car looked crazy. It was as low as it had ever been. It was, the car was on fire at that point, and then we did the Harlem Shake video with it. And like that video propelled that car like once that video came out, my car was a like an internet thing mm-hmm. and and so uh, it's crazy from that moment on. It's just everywhere that my car went, it was just like, "Oh shit, it's that car." from the Harlem Shake video and then it turned into I started calling it the torque style, and it's like oh shit it's the torque style, and you know and as I got more popular with the car it just it just became a thing and then then I put a turbo on it and then it became a 500 horsepower hot boy whip mm-hmm. you know that gets driven like a missile car and, and it just kept growing and growing and then the car uh on the cover of Super Street. It's in some photos by Larry Chen. Yeah, some uh videos. Larry Chin and uh Dax Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Um they uh, co feature shoot. Um but it you know I'd been in features on Stanceworks and features on other websites and I just and plus all of the videos mm-hmm. on Hoonigan. Um
0: I know I've seen those the the lack of wood pins and Yeah. And see that <laughs> even
1: before that. I even, know kinda. even long before that, yeah. Some of my I the that car just has done so much for me. Man. Look, it's, it's,
0: it's, it's living a life.
1: RX7s, like, drifting has guided me to this point in my life. Like, not feeling anything but love for cars mm-hmm. and just chasing that blindly. Because in Florida, you don't need much to live good. So it's like, it never felt like I was hurting myself by not just focusing on other things. It was like, this is what I love, this is what I'm going to do. And it, 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 I wouldn't be here without it, man. All the stories I told you in the beginning, all the people that I met, all the incidents, uh, all, all the incidents and the cars that I've swapped and, and traded, and and and, it, and losing my license. I don't know if I'd be here if I didn't mm-hmm. if that didn't happen. Yep. You know, if if I didn't get inspired to do other things because of that. Like everything that drifting has, that whole journey leading me to this point. I'll never change anything.
0: And now, obviously, you get to occasionally maybe work on Jakana videos and things like that. Yeah, also kind of cool.
1: It's kind of crazy because I always feel like uh, I'm getting made fun of by some of the other shooters because they're all you know real deal camera operators, and I'm just a jabroni who's never owned a camera who can borrows one who can whip who can whip pan the the crap out of a camera sometimes,
0: or can get really close to danger. Yeah, Is that just, your middle name. <laughs> I'm just
1: sketchy, man, <laughs> and and you know uh, that's why. You know, that's why I'm on Gymkhana is for that sketchy feel, you know, so it's definitely an honor to get to, like, I can't even, can't even believe I get to shoot things like the Hunicorn and the Hooni truck just based on my, my skill set, you know, I like, I traditionally don't belong there, but because of how different I do things, I belong. Mm -hmm. And so, and again, though, I wouldn't be shooting Gymkhana if I didn't follow drifting, all of it just I owe everything to drifting is kinda how I
0: And your hard work, let's be honest yeah, here. All right,
1: all right. Can... And your dedication. Yeah, thank you. Thank no, you. Sir. Thank you. All right. I guess I don't give myself enough credit. No, I kinda you didn't give yourself some credit, just <laughs> just an ounce, <laughs> an ounce of credit. I don't know, man. It's I uh I don't know. I just I love life. I love cars. Just and keep... pizza. Just yeah, yeah, pizza's good too, man. And crocs. Just keep chasing the keep chasing the dream, you know just keep chasing it.
0: And and with that being said, if people are wanting to watch you chase a dream, where's the best place for them to find you on the old internet?
1: Um, well, my personal Instagram is hurtlife, h e r t l i f e. Um, that's where most of my, you know, you if you just want to see my car. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's basically the place to go for that. Otherwise, you'll see uh My build videos and driving videos go on Hoonigan's YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Um, Love the unprofessionals. Yes, thank you, thank you. That unprofessionals, man, it's so crazy because in 2015, Rob and I, I met Rob 2015. He came to the donut shop uh, in downtown LA with his freshly built hand control car, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, shortly after his accident and like recovering and then building and, uh, and getting it running and and he brought it to the shop for the first burnout, and that's when I you know, really met him. And uh, we hit it off from there. We hung out at SEMA, had a great time. And
0: and he's also one that's very responsible.
1: Oh, he is one of the most responsible people I know. I know. That's what I know. I understand <laughs> that. Um, but in 2015, we did a road trip together. Uh, my My car and his car. And his originally is a single car trailer, but... Uh, We knocked down the wall that it had in it Mm -hmm. and and, crammed both of our cars into it. And we went to English Town. We went to Final Bout. I think we did like a 10,000 mile road trip, three weeks, just him and I. And we didn't shoot any of it for YouTube because at that time we weren't YouTube oriented. Mm -hmm. You know, everything was just Instagram, Facebook, and doing it because of memory. And, you know, Um, and that was one of the best trips ever all for drifting. I never done anything like that. And like moving to California and drifting in California really showed me like drifting out of state is super awesome. And so I started, you know, branching out and, and then that became like the biggest trip ever for us. Um, but we did that not knowing we were the unprofessionals and not knowing we wanted to make the unprofessionals. But once we finished that we were like, yo, we should do this again but we should Film, it, film it, yeah. I mean, I
0: liked it when you guys went down under.
1: <laughs> that was awesome, too, man. And that just, like, again, attributing that to drifting. Poland. Yeah, was Australia, incredible. like.
0: I mean, I like that you got to learn to do, uh, that you guys learned to do proper burnouts. yeah. <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> well, exactly. Still.
1: I, I got to go get some redemption on that. I want to build a burnout car and send it over and, I mean, and, and I d- fight for my right.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do think that Australians seem to do
1: <laughs>
0: the best burnouts. Yo, it,
1: it is insane, man. Uh, those guys make a lot of money doing burnouts. It's It's a wonderful, like, and that it's just passion it, yeah. like whatever i mean you...
0: they did obviously do an incredible job here when they came to do the burnouts here yeah they shut us down <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man australia and it was an amazing trip uh shout out to my boy ty jeff for helping us organize that trip um it's just a beautiful experience that all boils down to drifting and i'm sure rob feels the same way you know like He's been drifting forever, you, yeah, you know. Yeah, to twist um, his arm to get he, him on the show. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, whenever he's in town, I'm sure he'd be happy to to sit in and and give a run with you. Um, but yeah, I just I feel like I owe everything to drifting, man. It's it's been a big part of my life.
0: Well, look, I mean, I'm positive. No, we, we can't say anything else. But in the episode, I guess. Huh?
1: Eh? Well, um, th- thank you for having me, man. No,
0: no, thank you, Hunter. Kiwi, appreciates it, too. Look, she's even
1: stood up. She knows it's finishing. Uh, sorry if I bored you guys. I, I rambled pretty hard. No, you didn't bore <laughs> us. You did not bore us whatsoever. Uh, don't call me an idiot after all those stories I told you. No, uh, no one would ever say that. If they do,
0: they can deal with Kiwi. How about that? Yeah. Since they, you've seen how vicious she is. They can deal it. with
1: Kiwi, or I'll get real responsible, and then you can deal with me. Oh, yeah, right? and that's, When he's responsible, it's, it's lots of responsibility happening there.
0: <laughs> so thanks everyone for listening. Obviously, you can always find me at No Breaking, and if you've got any questions, you can always hit me up there. And you can always, hopefully, I'll come back and do part two of the first series of the Hoonigan team here. I, Might get I, some of the other guys on.
1: I'm totally down. Well, if you, if you ever need me again. Oh, that is This was wonderful. fun. This was fun. I try make yeah. it easy. Look, yeah. it's, it's true. It's, yeah.
0: it's, a, it's not like the dentist is what I like to say. <laughs> no it's drilling. Better, yeah.
1: No, I appreciate it, man. Thank you.
0: All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye bye.